the day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. It is Friday. Welcome. We are glad you are here. Big show planned, and we're going to have some fun tonight. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Get involved. If you call, you'll be talking to Tommy. It's Friday night. Tommy is back with me. Be nice to Tommy. Then you get to me. Uh, If you want to text, hey, let's start out with the text question of the night, shall we? Do cameras in the courtroom enhance your trust of the proceedings? Why or why not? Do cameras in the courtroom enhance your trust of the proceedings? Why or why not? You could say your confidence in the proceedings, your trust in the proceedings. Either way, your thoughts on cameras in the courtroom. Tommy, good to... uh, I have... Had a lot of Fridays off because of baseball, but now uh, Fridays and Mondays, which are the nights you work nights, but now we are going to be we are going to be reunited for many Mondays and Fridays. Back to back now, right here. Here, here it goes. Starts right now. It's very exciting. I'm uh, I'm happy to have you back. We're going to uh, it's going to be a big night. We've got at the breweries after seven o'clock with uh, Eagle Park Brewing, and then uh, since Tommy's here on Fridays, that's when drive-through window is going to happen. So uh, we'll do drive-through window after uh, eight o'clock. A lot to do. The reason, excuse me, uh, I have to. I had to clear my throat, and I think. Uh, I think my wife may have uh, maybe infecting me. She came down with something. It's either she went to the doctor yesterday. They told her, oh, it could just be an old fashioned cold because they tested her for COVID and uh, MRSA and RV 29 or whatever. They ran a bunch of tests and nothing. Everything was negative. But she's hacking and uh, blowing her nose all over the house. And uh, now I'm starting to feel it. And I, I might be a hypochondriac, but I may just be, uh, she may have infected me. So, you know, that's, as much as you love your partner, you know, it's like being with your kids in the family. Once somebody in the house gets sick, it's going around. Do you get allergies? And I do have allergies, but I take allergy, uh, I take allergy medicine every morning. Might, might have been really bad on these season changes right here. So I got a little nasal as well with me. Oh, you know what? Maybe, <clears throat> pardon me, maybe that's it. Maybe it's because uh, I did read that uh, fall allergies are pretty bad. Who knows? I'm not whining. I'm just, uh, if every once in a while you we'll power through, it's radio. We got it. There's, listen, <laughs> who doesn't love a little phlegm coming through the airways? <laughs> yeah, Everybody right. loves to hear it. It's exciting. All right, so the reason I asked about the cameras in the courtroom is because, uh, oh boy, the mainstream media, that's right, uh, a group of news organizations, including CNN, the New York Times, Politico, they asked uh, yesterday the uh, judge to allow the criminal trial of the former president, his election interference case in Washington, they asked that uh, cameras be allowed in the courtroom. They want it televised. They argued that bringing cameras into the courtroom would promote confidence in the U.S. justice system. I agree with this 100%. I don't know why people would argue against it. Um, The only thing I can figure is you're going to get some people, some conspiracy theorists, who are going to, I don't know, I don't know how they're they're going to configure this conspiracy that somehow the uh, televised feed has been monkeyed with, and that's not really the judge. It's uh, an alien in a human mask, and uh, that's not really the former president. It's uh, some imposter. 
I would think that no matter what side you are on, and right now you can believe that uh, Trump is guilty, but we have to assume if we are really going to adhere to our judicial system that he's innocent until proven guilty. If you think this is all a hoax and all a witch hunt and all a political maneuvering to try to discredit him, why wouldn't you want to see it? And if you believe he's guilty, why wouldn't you want to see it? According to this, uh, this is a quote from the news organizations, the coalition. They said, we have never in the history of our nation had a federal criminal trial that warrants audiovisual access more than the federal prosecution of former President Trump for allegedly trying to subvert the will of the people. That is in the court filing. Um, you know, you know why he was indicted. He has pleaded not guilty to all the charges. This trial is set to start in uh, on March 4th of next year. So the news organizations noted, and this is, boy, this you got to be really careful when you say anything anymore, because everything is being recorded, especially if you're a high-profile individual, such as yourself, Tommy. You know, you don't want to get up in the Northwoods League and, have, and say something, and then they come back and go, well, we heard one night uh, on that uh, WTMJ job that you have that you said this. That would mm, that'd screw you up. I have been recognized one time from this job, so thank from you very job? much. Yeah, one nice. time. Yeah. Isn't it? All right. Where where was it? It was at my other job. <laughs> so they already wait. They already knew you worked here, right? Uh, no, they had oh, recognized. They had like recognized my voice. Isn't that the weirdest thing? That was very weird to me. Yes, it's. I've had it happen from. I've had it happen a, a few times because of my face. Um, one because people are so repelled and they go, "Ooh, that's." I know that face. It's a good face. Well. Let's not get crazy. Thank you. Uh, but it's the voice has been the voice has given me away a couple times, and that is very strange. Did you puff up a little bit? You walk a little taller. Uh, I don't walk very tall in general. I'm not a very tall guy, but I yeah, I, but yeah that, it was it was kind of cool. Come on, I mean, that boosts you up. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't it? it? There's absolutely no reason you would. And if you said it didn't, I'd call you a liar. Well, he didn't say it was a good or a bad thing. He did just say, "Oh yeah, I, I recognized you." kind of thing so he didn't elaborate from there but maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a bad thing but any Listen, any publicity is good publicity it, right if they don't specify it's in the good column because if it was really bad they're not going to they're not going to say something or if they really hate us they're they will say something okay so take it as if they if they recognize you at all and even if they even if they don't like you they still know you so fair enough that's the way. That's the way it goes. Um, I remember the first time, and we'll get back to cameras in the courtroom. Feel free to jump in eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's Friday night. Uh, we've all had a long week. You have. We have. Everybody. We may jump off on tangents. Just uh, roll with it. Grab, grab yourself a uh, a beverage, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Sit back, relax, and go with the flow. Uh, I remember the first time I got recognized in front of my dad. And it was for doing stand-up. Um, somebody had seen me at one of the big clubs, and we were at uh, we were at Marshall Fields, and we're walking through, and somebody came up and was like, "Oh my God, I saw you the other night, and you were you know you were so funny, blah blah blah." And I, oh, thank you very much. And they walked away. And my dad's just standing there, and he looks at me and he goes, "Does that happen a lot?" I was like, "Well, it happens 
you know, occasionally. And he was just like, huh, okay. <laughs> well, way to be nonplussed. Yeah, That's I guess. A- He's, I've recognized you since you were born. So. Yeah. It's not a big deal. I know what you look like. <laughs> All right. That's cool. I did I wasn't trying it wasn't a plant. I didn't hire this person to come up and go, listen, I'm trying to uh, impress my dad. If you could uh, come over uh, when we're in men's sportswear and uh, say something nice. Uh, the, the more uh, if, the more you gush, the more will be in your envelope. That didn't happen. We just uh, we were just there. So well good for you, Tommy. You're listen, you are a well known entity here. Between uh, myself and Justin, we we love to have you on. Oh yeah, and, yeah. We're uh, we're we're grinding away at the night shift still. Uh, the night I shift chose was... to come back here. You you remember? I know you did. I know you did, and so does Justin. We know. We know. Uh, we know that you're a man who values loyalty. You're not. Uh, you're not looking to hop hopscotch over us. There's there's fun to be had in the nights. All right, let's take a break. Let's try to refocus or not. I'm making no guarantees tonight. Uh, we're, we're just going to have a good time, and uh, you are always welcome to join in that good time, 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line, it is WTMJ Nights. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Oh, my goodness. All right. The text question of the night is, do you do cameras in the courtroom enhance your confidence of the proceedings? Why or why not? Uh, and the reason I'm asking that of you tonight is because a coalition of news organizations has asked the judge in the Washington, D.C. trial of former President Trump to allow those proceedings to be televised. And they said, you know, this is historic. Uh, it will help people regain their faith in the justice system. Confidence will be built. Um, I started to say about, and this is how we got this, uh, you know, derailed, but we won't get derailed this time. One of the, the former president's attorneys has previously spoken out saying he is very much in support of televised proceedings. So it's going to be interesting to see how much, if any, protest he puts up when he's already on the record as saying, well, yeah, I like, uh, I think uh, trials should be televised. Um, the part of the coalition's case was they pointed to the uh, trial of Derek Chauvin. You remember he was the police officer who was convicted of killing George Floyd. Now, part of that was because of COVID, and there were limited people allowed inside the courtroom. But it turns out it it was a good thing for this trial to be televised because there was no, it, it really reduces or nullifies any argument of, well, something's going on in there and we don't trust it and uh, they didn't they didn't do this, they didn't do that. It's like, well, did you watch? And people did. People watched the Chauvin trial. And so I, I know I would be fascinated by all of these trials. Now, the only one for sure at this point of Trump's trials that will be televised is the one in Georgia. Um, So that's the indictment for scheming to overturn the 2020 election results. That's the indictment. Don't, uh, if you don't like the words, take it up with the, you know, the grand jury. But that's what, so they're, they're not only going to televise it live, but then they're going to stream the proceedings on the YouTube channel, which is an option that they gave 
the judge in Washington. They were like, okay, well, here's how about this? If you don't like uh, to televise, how about um, broadcast the court's live streams on YouTube or put the court's recordings of the trial up at the end of the day? So you're not doing it live, but unless it's live, it undercuts the whole reason to do it. Because, Tommy, you're an editor. You know how quickly if something, you know, if we shoot something at 9 or 10 in the morning and we're not putting it out till the end of business, that thing could be 180 degrees from what we shot. Sure. So that's. I don't think that's a viable option. I think if you want to stream it live on YouTube, okay, but then if you're going to stream it live on YouTube, why not just televise it wherever else? Could people but, be upset about motivations to this? Because I 100% no. agree that totally... What could, like, what could the motivation... What could the, well, I'm the thinking, motivation be that would anger I'm people? thinking if news networks want to air it, it's monetization, no? Well, I, I would... Yes, but it would also be... It's not like liberal or conservative media outlets would be the only ones who could air it. Sure, sure. If it's going to be aired, Fox can air it, CNN can air it, anybody can air it. Yeah, I, so, I get that. I, I have no problem with it at all. I'm just wondering, again, if you want to see what's the truth, why would you have a problem with it? I guess the only thing I could think of is people are mad if news networks are profiting off of trials. Well, if, you know, who knows? Maybe they, it's going to, it's going to increase their viewership across the board. So, Everywhere, yes. You know, maybe they run it, maybe they run, run it commercial free, but there's going to be breaks and you're not, you know they're not going to break at some inopportune time just to air, air a my pillow commercial or a walk in bathtub commercial right, yeah. or a slip and fall attorneys commercial. Which I those are really all you see on those news networks. You want to buy gold? You want to invest in gold? You don't fall in your toilet? Oh boy, look here. We'll give you an escalator so you can go up your stairs right before it's the like, jury reads. Right there, yeah. that just cuts. Yes, your honor. It's we like a survival defendant, Donald counsel. John Trump. Have you ever thought of investing in gold? <laughs> what? What happened? Where are you? This is not how it's supposed to work. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them doing that. And I don't listen. I don't mind if they roll some commercials when the uh, they go to re a recess or when the judge has a sidebar or you know something like that. It's television. That's that's what it's there for. But I have a feeling it's going to be like when the um, when the hearings were on. They didn't interrupt the hearings. Right. They just let them roll. Now, a trial is a lot longer than the hearing because, you know, there they said, okay, we're going to give you two hours of prime time for this. So they knew they had to get it in in that amount of time. A trial can take all day. So there's going to be there's going to be spots. And, again, I don't care if they run commercials as long as it's not during, you know, testimony and stuff. But I, I try to figure out, and I've, I've tried to think, of this from both sides. And again, even if you are convinced that all these charges against him are are made up and politically motivated and this is a hatchet job and a witch hunt and blah 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 blah, okay. That's a, that's what you think. I don't agree with it, but that's what you think. Why wouldn't you want to see? Because I don't think it would change your mind, but it 
one, it might raise what we're looking for a lot of times with a jury, reasonable doubt, or it's it might show you that all these theories of everybody being corrupt and in on the uh, in on it just aren't true. But you can't convince some people. So I hope I do hope it goes through. I hope this trial is televised. I hope the other one in New York. Now in New York they started it. They let the cameras be in there a little bit at the beginning, the current trial, but then it went away. Um, and so uh, now they're. There was no no cameras for the opening and closing statements, and they're um, they're letting stuff be put up at the end of the day. But I hope Washington says, yeah, you know what, we're going to allow cameras in there, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Okay, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, it's going to be almost news time. And then, after the news, uh-oh, you want to get a driver's license in Wisconsin? It just got harder again. We'll talk about that and so much more. It's WTMJ Night. Wow. Uh, why are you taking some shots, uh, some shots during the news, Tommy? I don't know. I, I let him know how we felt. Listen, it's uh I don't know what's going on. I, I'm I'm rubbing the news department the wrong way lately, and I don't know why. Last night, uh, Jessica. I uh, had a little beef with me. Oh, you know how I, aggressive Jessica can get. Yes. I'm not saying anything. I, she just, you know, uh, I was a little late to the news, and she had to end her newscast on a story about public nudity, and I, it, she didn't like that. Well. So, and now Wyatt, Wyatt uh, you know, coming at me. I wasn't, when I said, listen, I was not wrong when I said he declared fall was here. I didn't say he was wrong. It sounded it. like a compliment that he had was, the power to declare fall. Exactly. And it shows I was listening to his newscast. I was paying attention. Yeah, I, I gave him a piece of our mouth during during the break. Good. Yeah, I listen, I don't want I don't want any trouble with the news department. You know, they probably have ways to cancel us that we've never even thought of. You know, they're hooked in. They've got uh, their journalists. They'll do some deep dives. There'll be some investigative reporting. Things will be things will turn bad for me. Yeah, they'll go through your Facebook page, all of it. So Nothing. Oh, oh please. I have. There's. Uh, no, I don't. I was trying to. I try to think about that all the time. Like, is there anything? Can somebody come back? And if, like, say, say all of a sudden we were uh, propelled into some notoriety. Could somebody go back and find like a tweet that I did 18 years ago? Well, I, I mean, as someone who grew up in the internet age, I have on many occasions gone back and gotten rid of old social really? media things. Well, you know, nothing that I'm too embarrassed about that would be anything sure. crazy, but eh, you know what? Maybe let's just delete that one. I was 14, you know? Yeah, well, that see, that makes sense because... When you're 14, you're supposed to say stupid stuff. Right. That's what being 14 is. Uh, that's why I regularly am grateful that I was not in high school or college in the internet age. Because I, w I could have been, you know, there, who knows? Who knows what might have been unearthed? I'll leave it at that. I was not always the most angelic human being. But there were no phones. There were no cameras. There were well, you had to if somebody were gonna take a picture, they had to pull out the old Kodak and I'd go, I'm not gonna pose for that picture. There was no uh, you know, none of that. So we got off uh, we got off easy. Sounds like it. Trust me, it was a it was a simpler time. That's the only 
That is the only aspect of America I would make great again. That kids who are in high school and college have the opportunity to make mistakes without a public record. Yeah, it could even not be on your merit, right? I mean, someone else is reporting or something, you know? I mean, there's just cameras everywhere. Yeah, and it's. Now, you know, you hope that if you have a teenager, that they're not going to do something so stupid that you can't come back from it. But high school and college are when you are supposed to be figuring out how you're going to live your life and what you're going to do. And part of that is you're going to make a mistake. Now, most of them, most of us make minor mistakes, you know. Sometimes people make a little bigger mistake. And then they end up paying the price one way or another. But um, to to always have to be cognizant of the public eye. And I, I think about a friend of mine has twins who are seniors in high school. And they're both involved in extracurriculars. And my daughter was involved in extracurriculars. And I don't know if, uh, if your high school had this too, Tommy, where you had to sign like a pledge kind of thing. Whether you were on a, a team or my daughter was on the band or you're a cheerleader or whatever, you have to sign a pledge that you're not going to be, you know, around alcohol, you're not going to do anything that would embarrass the team. It's kind of like a morality clause sure. for 16-year-olds. Yeah, which doesn't exist. So Exactly. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think there was like a one-time sign on that. Like, if you were in a- an extracurricular as a freshman, you didn't have to continue, like, continuously sign that as you go you went through but you there was an assumption that as long as you were still in it that is still valid yeah and and here's the thing and you alluded to this before you could be in the background of a picture where people are drinking and if your face is recognizable you could be held accountable for that oh yeah you hey you were at a party where there was alcohol yeah but i wasn't you know there's no proof i was drinking i either Maybe I was and you didn't catch me, or I wasn't, and you can't blame me. But um, it's hard, and and I know you know a lot of times people of a certain age when they start reminiscing about the past, it's oh things were better back then. That's really the only thing I think was better. I don't think anybody really thrives under that kind of light. Now, see, I think of it that way. A lot of young people love that kind of oh the the constant attention the camera on them all the time they're going to be influencers they're you know look what I did and you know there's a difference between creating a goofy dance on TikTok and not and doing something dumb and it being out of your control who sees it and how much attention it gets so it's a double edged sword but for me I, every time I see somebody doing something stupid on the internet, I'm like, man, I dodged a lot of bullets back in the day. <laughs> There's, yeah, there was a lot of, lot of stupid going on back then. But and now we just do that with our voice all day. Yes, it's there forever. That's true. It is right. It's there, and that's fine. But like, yeah, I mean, we we could say something. And I know I listen. I know I've said things here that have upset people. Um, that's not, that's not why I set out to say them. It's because that's what I think. And part of speaking your mind, no matter who you are, is that there's a good chance you're going to upset some people. But, um, I know I do this podcast and, uh, 
you know, some of my some of my opinions, my you know, my co-host blanches at. She's like, oh, I'm like, don't worry, everybody knows this is just how I think. Uh, so now I have to do a disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> All my opinions are my own, just to not, uh, you know, I don't want to smear anybody else with my paint, so to speak. Well, too bad you don't do that on this show. So, well, if people think your opinion, <laughs> we see. Here's the thing. All my opinions are my own, and then when I ask you your opinion, you give your opinion, and sometimes we're in agreement, sometimes we're not. So it's not like, I don't think anybody who listens to us on the air goes, oh, Brian tells Tommy exactly what to say. No, I don't, I don't think so, no. I don't think so. So, it, one, because I don't, two, because I wouldn't want to, and three, because you're a man who has his own mind and opinions, so you're going to voice your own opinions uh, whether I like them or not. And that's why we go so well together. I think so. It's that's nobody wants to hear everybody who you know, you don't want to argue all the time, but you also don't want to everything to be in agreement. This now this, I don't know who would disagree. I remember when this happened and I was livid. So now today I am happy happy. And you heard Wyatt report on it. it was his first story that Wisconsin teens can no longer waive their driver's license road test starting in 2024. Uh, I, one, I, I, I'll grant you, I have not had to take my road, my first road test in a long time. I've had my driver's license for a couple years, but I am so happy about this. Uh, you know, during COVID they, they started, they waived this, the, the, the DMV said, okay, we're, um, we're not, we're not going to have road tests if you do certain things. So 16 and 17-year-olds, according to this pilot program, were able to waive the road test requirement to get their first probationary driver's licenses. Uh, the Department of Transportation said they were trying to reduce interactions between employees and members of the public during COVID, which, okay, that made sense. You can't have, um, you know, the kids shouldn't be punished by not being able to get driver's licenses until we didn't know how long it was going to last. It was two weeks. That's what they told us originally, two weeks. Didn't last, it lasted a little longer. But the officials also said they hoped that the waivers would allow the DMV to focus on the backlog, backlog of adult driver's tests that had accumulated. Well, you know, hire a couple more people. You know, you got to get through it. You can't, you can't. I think giving somebody who's 45 a road test, while important, not as important as giving somebody who's 16 a road test. Um, so the waiver worked like this. If you were had a 16 or 17 year old child and they were going to get their they were going to get their license, they could get a waiver, but um, the teenagers had to have their instruction permit for six months, have completed an approved driver training course, and have completed 30 hours of supervised driving time, where the parents had to vouch for them. Now, you may call me a cynic. You may say I'm distrustful. You would be correct on both counts. I think there were, I, my fear was that there were going to be a lot of people who maybe took their kids out to drive a few times and went, ah, 30, yeah, it was probably about 30 hours, even though maybe it was two. Um, so I didn't, I didn't trust the parent reporting aspect of this. I also think it's very important because I, I'm not saying you shouldn't get your license at 16. I'm all for that. But I do remember 
how nervous I was when I was trying to get my license. I remember how nervous my daughter was when she was trying to get her license. And part of, part of that when you are that young is learning to overcome that anxiety and perform under pressure because there will be times when you're on the road that you have to perform under pressure. Tommy, you're you're much younger than I am. Do you remember taking your driver's test, your road test? Uh, yes, I do. Do you, do you remember how many points you lost on yours? Because I remember mine. I don't. I honestly don't. I think the only point I lost was I didn't turn my wheels toward the curb when I was parking downhill. Yeah, I lost 12 points, and 10 of them were because of right turns, and they said I didn't sufficiently check my blind spot when turning right so wait your blind spot when you're turning right. correct like for a bicyclist or something which you could either very obviously see driving up or in your rear view mirror you would think on a right turn so or not rear view but your side mirror on a right turn. Right. so i remember getting that and thinking wow i mean i didn't lose a point on parallel parking or anything else like okay i'm fine with this so and then i actually yeah, lost and that another just led to your hatred of cyclists correct that's that's what it sounds like right i just mm-hmm. had zero awareness <laughs> for people in the bicycle lane so I, I remember that thinking wow that was not great i mean i've known people who failed it way too many times and thought wow i think if you just fail it three times you should not get your license no, this is this is new drivers who were failing at that that you knew. Oh yeah, yeah, I knew people wow. who failed it a lot of times. No, I yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you for the three times, three times, and then you gotta wait. You a year. gotta wait at least six a, months. Yeah, I was gonna say six months <laughs> to a year before you could take it again. It seems like that's an easy enough test. To, you can lose, I think, twenty five points. Yeah, if you lose that many points, you really shouldn't be on the road. Right. So. And that's going to make me see. And then I go back to, all right, that person didn't practice for 30 hours. Well, and it used to just be the same. It used to be like that. That's how my mom my mom got her license through my grandmother taking her on the driver's test. Okay. So, I mean, it used to be like that here. I know that for sure. And that was probably, you know, I mean, 40 years ago, something around the, that line, maybe, maybe a little less. Yeah, I remember... I, I had I didn't have to like my parents didn't have to fill anything out that they took me driving because they didn't really take me driving that much because my dad had very little patience which he passed along to me when I was trying to take <laughs> take my daughter out to drive my dad so as my, well did not my mom would watch my dad would not let me drive when I had my yeah, temps no he would it not it was it was not good um, but I took driver's ed and I and then I once I got my permit I was like let's go and. I just went and took the test, and I passed it. So that was good. Uh, I do remember my daughter taking driver's She took driver's ed through school, which I did. I They didn't offer driver's ed at my school because I was at a Catholic school. Mm, me either. And so, thankfully, my dad uh, worked for the public school system, and he got me signed up at a public high school. Um, so I, I had to learn to drive with the publics. Mm. That's why I drive so aggressively. Yeah, that makes sense. I drive it like I stole it, Tommy. Yeah. Let's not be uh, let's not mince words. It's a little like too close to home, I think, right now. <laughs> I know, that's why. <laughs> but it's true. Um but I didn't have to like they didn't have to go, well, we we took our son out for uh, 30 minutes maybe would have been enough. They were yeah, we took him out once. He'll be fine. <laughs> 
Back then, they didn't, you know, I was, I was learning to drive on a giant old station wagon. I'm not going to hurt myself or anybody else with that monster car. So that was fine. My daughter, I don't think we had to, I don't think we had to log hours with her. I don't remember that. I remember taking her out more because she was, like, I was not nervous about driving at all. I could not wait to drive. My brother, my middle brother, he didn't drive till he was, 18 or over 18? Yeah, I got mine a week after my 16th birthday. Yeah, I was I was like you. I was chomping at the bit. Let's go. Like I was going to have unlimited freedom, which I didn't. But um yeah, he didn't he didn't, he was in no hurry to get his license cuz all his friends had licenses. So he's like, "Well, I don't have to drive cuz my friends drive me everywhere." Okay. Uh, so that was that. All right. What do you think? I think this is a great idea that, uh, teens can't waive their driver's license road test. 855-616-1620. We'll talk about, uh, oh, so many more things on the other side. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. On the other side of the news, it is at the breweries. We welcome the co-owner of Eagle Park Brewing in Milwaukee for a very big, uh, Big, exciting news, and we'll learn all about that brewery. And uh, if you have any beer questions, you are always welcome to text them in, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk text line, Old National Bank, get old. We were talking about Wisconsin teens no longer able to waive their driver's license road test starting in January. Uh, from the 262, got my license back in 1976. Still had to have an instructor in a car, whether you passed or failed. I think once, for me, uh, in Illinois, once we passed, we were able to just uh, we were able to just start driving. I know there were. I know other places have these graduated licenses where, and and maybe my daughter had one of those. I can't remember uh, where you get to drive uh, by yourself, or you can only drive with another licensed driver. Uh, you have to drive with somebody over 18 in the car, blah, blah. there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of things, but that is, that is, uh, good news here in Wisconsin, even though they said there was not, uh, to be fair, they said there was the, not a lot of additional accidents. There was not a safety, you know, I thought for sure if kids weren't taking the road test, there'd be uh, a jump in problems. There were not. So, you know, you can argue that it's not necessary. I will tell you. Uh, in my opinion, it is. All right, it's time to go to the uh, little break. Then we're going to do the news, and then we'll come back, and it'll be at the breweries. It's WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Oh, this little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact. I like fear. Welcome to another edition of At the Breweries. Give me a keg of beer. Pull up a bar stool and get ready to join the keg conversation. A shark on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. Your one stop shop for brews in the news is on tap. Beer! More beer! And more beer! Here's At the Breweries with Brian Noonan. 
What better day than Friday to talk about beer as we turn our sights toward the weekend and relaxing. And it's always more fun when you're drinking local beer. I am very excited to welcome Max Borgard. He is co-owner of Eagle Park Brewing and Distilling Company here in Milwaukee. They are located on Hamilton Street. They also have a location in Muskego on Commerce Center Parkway. EaglePartBrewing.com is their website. And uh, Max, first of all, welcome and congratulations on an unbelievable achievement. And I say unbelievable only because you and your partners are enthralled with this too. I don't want to bury the lead, but welcome, first of all. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So this big thing is you are in production of your 10 millionth beer at Eagle Park Brewing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an amazing milestone for us. You know, we're six years into this, and uh, the 10 millionth beer is a pretty pretty cool achievement. So, yeah, we're very excited. Now, is that, and forgive me because I'm not a mathematician, is it you know how many beers are in a keg, and so you've kept track of the kegs, or, or have you been counting each one like with a little, one of those little ticket taker uh, aluminum things as you're pouring them? <laughs> yeah, no, so we know how many barrels of beer we've produced throughout our years, and we've done the math, so we know that, yeah, like every single can and keg we've produced, you know, we've, we've reached our 10 millionth beer, which is a pretty, a pretty fun that thing. That is amazing. And uh, we just, yeah, we just wanted to give, throw an event for it and, you know, give an opportunity to give back to all of our customers that have gotten us this far. Well, we're going to talk more about Customer Appreciation Day, which is happening on Saturday, October 21st. A lot of great things. We'll get all the details of that. But I am a firm believer of the fact that every brewery and every every beer has a story. And I think your story uh, at Eagle Park is wonderful as well. So you say that you've always been technically in the beer business because you've been a beer drinker. But when did, how did you come to be part of Eagle Park? So my brother and I, and my partner, Jake, um, Jack is my brother. Jake's another partner, three of us. Um, we brewed beer in my parents' garage, you know, starting in like 2014, 15. And, uh, you know, I managed bars previous and so did my brother. So we've been in the service industry our entire lives. And, you know, we kind of got going in the sense of, you know, I was running a bar and I got I got to meet all the other local breweries in the state, the Central Waters guys, Paul and Anello, and um, all the Lakefront guys and Milwaukee Brewing Company and all these great breweries in the state. We I got to know personally and I just fell in love with the industry and we started home brewing um, literally in my parents' garage because we didn't have homes then and they were gracious <laughs> enough to give us their garage space to let us nice. brew. And, uh, yeah, it just spawned from there. And, uh, you know, we were naive enough then to think like, Hey, our, our, our beer is pretty good. We could do this for a living and, uh, found a friend to invest and, uh, it's kind of <laughs> gone from there. And, uh, as anything else does, it, it totally just spins into, you know, you know, thankfully something great and amazing. And we're just, we're thankful to be where we are because of the community and the people that have been around us. Well, it is a great, it's a great story. It's a great, as you mentioned, you fell in love with the community. The, the craft beer community is, even though everybody is kind of, you know, you're in competition, everybody is trying to sell their stuff. It's a very supportive community and it's hard not to 
fall in love when you start meeting brewers and talking to the people in the industry because they've all got stories, they're all characters, and a lot of them have the same kind of origin story that you and your brother do where you're home brewing in the garage. 100%. And um, the beautiful part of our industry is everyone, even though we are competitors, we're all friends. And uh, the Third Space guys, you know, Kevin and Andy are really good friends of ours. Like we, it's an amazing place to be. Uh, Milwaukee is, you know, brew city and the community around us supports everything. And if anyone needs anything, you know, a bag of hops here or there or anything, anyone is on the line where we have phone numbers of everyone, everyone is ready at any point to help each other out. So, you know, as much as we are competitors, everyone is in this together. And, you know, it, throughout the years we've been very fortunate to make a lot of friends in our industry and i think those friends is kind of what has made our industry into what it is and i think that's why all of the people from you know our this great wisconsin in general you know support us but um on top of that you know we're just happy to be a, a part of everything that's going on so no we're we're just we're happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> Max Borgard is co-owner of Eagle Park Brewing and Distilling Company. Uh, two locations, one on Hamilton Street here in Milwaukee and the other in Muskego. Uh, some big plants coming from Muskego, which we'll get to. So you talked about you and your brother, Jack. You're brewing in your, uh, in your parents' garage. Do you remember the first brew or recipe that you came up with where you went, this one, this is one that a lot of people might want to drink? Yeah, um, actually, it was the first iteration of Setless. Setless is our year-round IPA from Eagle Park, and uh, that was the first beer we made. That you know, we would <laughs> we had all this crazy stainless brewing equipment in my parents' garage, and people <laughs> would walk by thinking, "What the heck is going on in these people's garage?" And then once they found out we were making beer, we realized that we were making so much of it, and since we weren't a full business, we couldn't sell it. So we started realizing that people started making their walks around the neighborhood very deliberately. And we would just give oh, yeah. beer out to everyone. You know, we would just, we would give growlers out. People would walk by, we'd give them cups of beer on the way throughout the walks. And, uh, you know, it, the word got around and everyone kept telling us like, this is really good. And people come to our, we, my parents are amazing. And we always had huge family parties, 4th of July parties, Christmas parties, you know, a hundred people plus. And, you know, it'd be all of our beer that we made at their house would be what everyone drank. And people were just like, this is unbelievable. This is really good. And we were like, really? That good? And uh, it kind of spurred us to be confident enough to kind of make the next, the next step. Who at that point was handling the recipes more? Was it you? Was it Jack? Was it a, a collaboration? No, it, it was Jack. I mean, Jack, my brother, is the head of production. So I'm the president of the company. I do all the business stuff. Um, my brother Jack uh, is head of production for all of the spirits and beer, and he has just always had an unbelievable knack for recipe development. He's an amazing chef. Like if you ever go to his house, if you ever, if anyone's ever been had any of Jack's food, Jack is an amazing chef. So you know that definitely transcends into his beer. He has a great palate for honing in on recipes, and I mean he writes recipes in minutes, and they're phenomenal so he is just unbelievably talented and we've been fortunate you know to have the business with him but yeah he definitely has taken the reins on that throughout throughout the entire process well that's part of what eagle park is known for that you guys 
kind of push the boundaries and aren't afraid to experiment with different ingredients and different adjuncts and, you know, just try to keep things moving. Is that was that something that when you were first starting out that uh, you and Jack and Jake talked about and said, we don't want to be tied into one specific style or a couple styles. We're going to do whatever it is that strikes our fancy and try to push things a little bit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think for us, we the biggest thing we wanted for our brewery was we wanted whoever walks in the door, no matter who you are, what you do, um, we wanted a beer or a product that you would enjoy. And if you're going to come into our home, our where we, you know, we love, we want you to enjoy everyone for, you know, anything that we have, someone can enjoy something. So anything from a light lager to a crazy happy IPA to barrel-aged beers to sours, you know, we, we want to hit all those facets for everyone. And that's kind of been our goal since we started. And I think keeping it fresh, keeping it new, keeping it exciting has always been a goal of ours. Um, I think it keeps people, you know, always on their toes. And there's always something new when you walk in the door. And I think that's just, that's fun. And we, we just, we like to have fun. Has there ever been, and I know Jack's not here to defend himself. I'm not asking you to throw him under the bus. But <laughs> brewers brewers tend to be mad scientists. And it sounds like Jack is that way, where he's he's got this palate and this creativity. Has there ever, has he ever brought something to you and went, this is going to be the next big thing? And you took a sip and went, mm, maybe not here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been some, there's been some beers in the past that, you know, we always have, <laughs> he'll bring a crazy idea that I've been like, ah, I don't know if that's the one. But to be honest, um, some of the craziest things that he's told me have ended up being some of our best sellers. So, you know, at this point in our career, I would say that, you know, I don't, we don't, we don't really discount much anymore because some of the craziest things that he's brought to us have become some of our best products. So um, we try to keep an open mind no matter what. <laughs> there you go. Well, Max Borgard is here. He's the co-owner of Eagle Park a Brewing Company and Distilling Company in Milwaukee. They are in production of their 10 millionth beer. Uh, that That is a huge accomplishment. You said six years ago you opened, you opened the brewery in 2017. Coming into a market like Milwaukee, and you mentioned it is Brew City, and you ran down a list of all the great breweries, not only in Milwaukee, but the surrounding area and Wisconsin as a whole. What was the biggest challenge to get Eagle Park recognized, to get things going where you could get your foot you know, solidly in place? Man, um, that's a really good question. Um, it's just it's the beer itself, man. Uh, we started out in the, in the Lincoln Warehouse. We had a one-barrel system on the second floor without a sign. We had a little buzzer. You had to find a blue light and a door to buzz into. So we wow. were making Sounds very speakeasy. I like it. It was 100% speakeasy. So we had – we started from the most humble beginnings. I mean, like, it was <laughs> as small as you could go. And the only way that we could kind of get notoriety was, A, the fact that we were, like, the speakeasy brewery in the second floor of a warehouse, but also – we had to have the beer speak for itself. So we definitely were one of the first breweries in the city to kind of branch out into certain styles, sours, hazy IPAs, and we were pushing the envelopes as hard as we could because that was the only way that we could kind of get people to talk about what we were doing is to kind of have that over-the-top flavor profile 
um, to get people excited, and uh, it worked. And uh, we moved to Hamilton and our, you know, our Milwaukee location we currently have. Um, that was our second location, and that was kind of where everything kind of blew up from there. Um, just lucky enough to hit the industry at the right place and kind of brewing styles of beer. Uh, people in the city weren't really doing then. And uh, we got the community really excited and we were lucky enough to get everyone on our side and things kind of blew up from there. Well, and you are going to show people how much you appreciate them being on your side. We're going to talk about Customer Appreciation Day, which is coming up as Eagle Park is producing their 10 millionth beer. Max Borgard is my guest. He's co-owner of Eagle Park Brewing and Distilling Company in Milwaukee. More of At the Breweries after this on WTMJ Nights. It is at the breweries on WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. Max Borgard is with me. He's the co-owner along with his brother Jack and Jake Schinker of Eagle Park Brewing and Distilling Company in Milwaukee. They are in production of their 10 millionth beer after only six years since the brewery opened. You survived, you survived the co uh the pandemic, and now you're coming out and you want to say thank you to the people who have helped make that uh, those 10 million beers possible. So uh, what are you doing for them, Max? Yeah, so we're doing a, a really cool celebration. Um, we're going to be raffling off a $1,000 gift card to all of our customers. So if you come in on um, our Customer Appreciation Day, um, we will have, for every flight or full beer you buy, you get a raffle ticket. And uh, during that raffle ticket, we're raffling off a $1,000 gift card to the winner so nice. obviously we want to we want to help out and uh, we appreciate all of our customers more than anything we have a membership program that we have um, so all of our members we take care of but not only that we want to extend this to every single person that comes into any both of our restaurants tap rooms or anyone that buys our beer anywhere in the city um, we appreciate them so during that um, on that day and 21st we have um, a full pint or a, a flight you get one raffle ticket uh, if you buy them at on that day at either tap room, um, and then you get a ticket in the raffle for a thousand dollar gift card. Very nice. It is uh, it is amazing that um, and, and I'm sure you've you've mentioned many times how grateful you are and how happy you are to be here. Was there a point during COVID that things because we do we know a lot of breweries didn't make it. You guys thankfully did. Was there a point where things were looking a little grim or you had any doubts? <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> always a funny story for us. We, you know, we had a, we were at Hamilton. We opened our, Ham our Milwaukee location in 2018. 2019, things were just out of hand. It was, we, we were thankful. We were so busy. We couldn't make enough beer. So we decided to expand. And um, we signed a lease, started building our new brewery in Muskego. That construction started in Muskego in 2019 in November. And then we were we were supposed to finish the brewery. Uh, it was supposed to open in April of 2020. And uh, the day we got our brewing license, the day we were licensed to brew beer in our new Muskego facility, state of the art big brewery, um, was the week everything shut down. So the DOR Whoa. called us and was like, "Hey, here's your brewing license. We're shut down <laughs> indefinitely." And they shut down our Milwaukee tap room for four months. Um, we had to obviously pay bills to finish construction right. and you know our tap room didn't end up opening until july and we were you know it opened up at like half capacity and right. 
you know, yeah, it was, it, there was a few months there where we didn't know if we were going to be able to continue and, uh, it well, got pretty dark for a minute, but, uh, we're thankful that that didn't happen. And now you're back in the light with your 10 millionth beer in production. Uh, customer appreciation day is on Saturday, October 21st. If you go to eagleparkbrewing.com, you will get all the information you need about their Hamilton location, their Muskego location, which is uh, getting ready to expand. A lot of good things happening for Eagle Park. Max, congratulations. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again. I appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for having me on. We appreciate We appreciate every single person that supported us throughout the years. So go in on the 21st, get a flight, get a pint, get a raffle ticket, and have some fun and celebrate Eagle Park with their 10 millionth beer. Uh, and don't forget, if you like hearing me talk about beer, you can also tune in to the brand new podcast, Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer. We're going to do this, and then it's news time on WTMJ Nights. I think about things all the time. I think about uh, Taylor and Travis. We're going to talk about them on the other side and what the NFL hopes to do with them. But right now it is 7.30. That means we go to the WTMJ 24-hour news center where the man, the myth, the legend, Wyatt Barmore-Pooley is ready to go. We're all revved up. It's Friday night. WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan, 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line. That's how you get a hold of us. That's how you get involved in the show. Thanks again to Max Borgart from Eagle Park Brewing. Um, I love talking about beer. I love uh, drinking beer. I'm so unapologetically. And again, little shameless plug, uh, Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer is the new podcast. It's available everywhere. Podcasts are available and you can watch it on youtube and spotify as well and uh see me and my partner talk about beers with different brewers and because i do think um the stories are great and brewers love to talk so that's it we're all talking though oh my gosh tongues are wagging tommy have you been have you been hypnotized by the uh travis kelsey taylor swift uh, are they aren't they the romance, they're oh, they're all over NFL. It's become it's become almost more entertaining than the games. I mean, it, you can't watch Chiefs game without seeing it, right? No, it's uh, boy they and the NFL is not shying away because they're they're they think that they're that they're going to draw some more Gen Z and female fans by showing Taylor nonstop. Uh, I, I was, don't know if that really. You don't think so? I was just going to disagree. I think. Well, you can disagree. Yeah, but there's. I, a, go ahead. I think that it's done a great job, especially with social media on top of it. Well, the social media—they're getting a lot of looks. But the NFL already says that 47 percent of the fans are female, and it's the number one sport with people ages eight to 24. So, the NFL is pretty pretty well entrenched. I don't think. I think it might bring a couple, but I don't think there's going to be like all. It's not like all right, pick a sport that I don't know what doesn't do well on TV. Baseball. All right, let's yeah, let's say baseball. Let's say uh, let's say Taylor Swift was dating one of the Brewers, and she showed up, and she showed up at games. Of the, do you think that would really increase viewership of baseball? No, but a different no. game too, right? I mean, yeah, it doesn't make much sense. To do the same, but also well, they, Kansas City is like a premier team, and this is a premier player in the league. 
Oh yeah, he's he's arguably one of the best in his of his position. He's probably second best on the uh, second most well known on the Chiefs. And it did do a lot for his jersey sales. Did you see that? I did see that. He's selling a lot of jerseys. But you know, he it wasn't like he was an unknown quantity no. before Taylor decided to uh, shine her light on it. And I first of all, let me say this: I have no. I'm not throwing any shade at Taylor Swift. This woman is a crazy good business person. She's a talented, talented uh, songwriter and singer. A lot of her stuff I really enjoy. I couldn't tell you the whole catalog, but I could sing along with a bunch of songs if you put them on um, that are Taylor Swift songs, and that's not a challenge, Tommy. So don't get uh, uh, pull your finger back off the <laughs> back off the vault. We don't need uh, we don't need that going on. So today. imagine if I just had a quiz ready for this right here. <laughs> All right, what about this? Yeah. Oh, that's Tim McGraw. I can see. Oh, that's Love Story. Sure, I can sing along with that. Uh, those are the same ones. There's no winning uh, on that. So No. Yeah. No, we'd all lose. If you had to hear me sing Taylor Swift, No, nobody wins. It's a horrible, horrible draw. But I, I don't mind it. But now even Travis Kelsey today uh, or yesterday, he was on, he and his brother, you know, his brother plays center for the Eagles. Yep. And... Um, so he and his brother have a podcast, and uh, his brother, it's Jack, right? Yeah. Jason. Jason. His brother Jason asked him if he thought uh, if he thought it was a little much, if they were going overboard a little bit. And um, so he's, he's there, and he was teasing Travis about how many times NBC cut to Swift at the Sunday night game when they were playing the Jets. And uh, he said, um... He asked him, what's your honest opinion? Take away your feelings for Taylor. And he said, they're overdoing it a little bit, especially my situation. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's fun. I get it. Um, but I'm sure there's other celebrities at football games. It's just, and I'm not, I'm not even, I don't care. I don't care if they, they could show Taylor Swift anytime there's not action on the field. Uh, okay, that's great. She's the biggest at this point, the biggest star on the planet. Do you remember when Tony Romo was married to Jessica Simpson? How often yes. she was shown on Dallas Cowboys games? That's Until an... they started saying that she was the cause of them losing. Right. I, I remember that one. That's like the story that comes in my mind every time. I do think that... We saw Giselle a lot. Yes. I, I do think we have either... It's either a little strange to me or we don't have an accurate representation of the timeline because she was sitting with Travis Kelsey's mom, like right. the first time they ever met. Yeah, that seems that's that seems odd. That's a little weird, right? Otherwise, we otherwise we don't know how much they were talking or whatnot. Maybe this was an ongoing thing, but it yeah, seems like if this is the first time you're meeting this woman no for the first time, and, and then you're not sit even by there, your mom, and you're not there, you're not right? even there. Yes. It's like going to a movie. Uh, mom, you sit with my girlfriend. I'm gonna go out. I gotta go sell popcorn the in the lobby. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What? What is this? Here. <laughs> they looked like they were having a grand old time, though. Yeah. I mean, I, and mom handled it like a pro. Was not even starstruck at all by Taylor Swift on TV. Ah, so she's yeah. Donna. She's got two Donna sons. She's got her two sons played against each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah. She's used to being around. <laughs> she's used to being around the big time. Fair enough. You know, two most famous <laughs> women in the stadium, right there. Oh, it was unbelievable. And then, you know, then uh, at the, was it the Jets game? 
that or another yep, game his mom week. is sitting next to uh the guy from State Farm. Yeah, Jake, Jake from, from State, State Farm. Farm. Yes. Yeah. Saw that one too. Everybody wants to hang out with Ma Kelsey. She's got her own like chunky soup deal now and like serves the the boys oh, yeah. in the commercials or something like that. There was there were other uh other athletes moms have had that deal too when it's somebody who's whose mom gets a lot of camera time. That's listen, I got no problem with that either. Let's uh, keep it keep the money all in the family. Everybody's everybody in the Kelsey family's getting rich. God bless them. But do you all right, you're probably watching a lot more um of Chief, a lot more Chiefs games than I am, just because you're probably watching more football than I am. Thank you. Does it bother you at all? No. That they keep showing Taylor Swift? No, not at all. Actually, I do think that it's funnier to show her after Travis does something. I yes. do think when it's not Travis doing something, then it's like, okay, now you're just trying to fish for something here out of Taylor right. Swift, right? And it's probably, I don't know... From her perspective, I guess she's been the biggest thing in the world for a year and change now, maybe more so. But, like, I would be annoyed if I was being shown between every single break of action. Yeah, I mean, at that point you go, well, you could just take a couple steps back from the window. Also fair, yeah, that works too. I'm I'm sure that suite has an unbelievable buffet. Do you think they have a designated tailor cam at all games now that she goes to? Like, that that guy (laughs) just doesn't move? His job is to be on Taylor Swift's, like, sweet box? He's probably, he's probably got, that is, that is priority number two. Priority one might be whatever else he's shooting on the field, but if they say, camera three, go to two, bang, he's right back up there. Yeah. Just right back pointed at whatever suite she's in. Yeah. I do like see and again, you know, this is all media. She's very savvy when it comes to that. But I do enjoy seeing her get all worked up when he when he makes a big play. I loved when she uh, you know, it it oh man, some of the Fox audience did not like that uh she said, let's F and go uh in that uh in that game at Kansas City. They didn't know how dare she use such foul language. I'm like, have you ever been to an NFL game? My God, there's nothing but foul language. That's yeah, what from beginning the, to end. Yes, right from the from the time you get to the parking lot to the time you get back to your house, it's nothing but foul language. So stop, stop with the stop with the hatred of Taylor Swift. Um, you know, it doesn't as long as it doesn't take away from the game because they always they, they always take shots of the crowd. They always take uh, you know. Other shots when there's no no action on the field. As long as I get to see the whole game, I don't care who they show. And listen, would I rather see Taylor Swift than some shirtless guy who uh, you know downed a half barrel before he went into the game and painted his stomach with somebody else's logo? Yes, debatable. Really? All right. Okay. You like you like the authentic fan experience? I I mean. <laughs> You know, if we're in Buffalo and a guy's got his shirt off in December, like go ahead, show those guys all they want. They're they're earning it. See, that's cliche though. That's that's played out. It's still the, Buffalo in December. I get it, it, but it's the same as the Bears fans or any any northern you know any northern team that plays outside. It's the the Packers fans who come without shirts when it's January. I get it. It's it's played out. Taylor Swift is the shiny new fan cam. I guess so. I guess we'll have to see how long this lasts because 
I, I mean, she's going to go on tour again. So, yeah, right. Is, is it going to make it through then? Is there going to be another song now? So. It's about Travis. So, yeah, I don't. Boy, I hope they. I hope they solidify before the next leg of the tour starts. And you know, but then you know, the next leg of the tour starts. Football ends in February. Even if they, you know, even if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, February it's over. Then he can go on tour with her. Wow, that would be that would be so fast. That'd be moving so fast. Well, he doesn't have to go on tour nonstop, but he could jet off to Fiji to see her a show. Or yeah, I suppose Japan or Guten, Gutenberg, Germany. Yeah, that was just the only thing about it that was like, whoa! Is she sitting next to his mom day one? Yeah, that was that weird, was, right? That was that weird. was that was weird. You know what else is weird? Uh, all right. Well, first, Claude is not happy. Claude says, Brian, I'm sick and tired of the cameras viewing Taylor Swift and also the coach on the sidelines. It's taking my interest away from the game. Yeah, the co- well, the, the coaches are always, you can't really tell what they're doing because they're holding up the card and uh, calling the plays behind that so nobody can steal their, nobody can lip read what they're doing. Um, here's what I don't get. Taylor Swift is in her 30s, right? Is it is there I don't know how 30-year-old women act. And and again, this is not this is not throwing shade at Taylor Swift. It's just this girl posse thing. Is that really a, a thing for women in their 30s? Like holding hands and uh having your, your squad together? That seems like a very college and post-college thing. Could it be that Taylor Swift has been in the limelight for so long that she never really had that period of her life? So now she gets to recreate it or maybe i'm just the only one and it i'm not mad at it it just sometimes strikes me as odd did taylor swift have more friends than you and me is that the question i i had a crew tommy but we never held hands and skipped around downtown you know we just we went out and we were you know we we traveled as a pack in our 20s yeah that would that's what i'm saying it's just maybe that she's she didn't have that chance in her 20s. She was building her career. Now, she doesn't care. She can do whatever whatever she wants. Her movie sold, what, a bazillion dollars before it even came out? Yeah, probably more. I mean, yeah, just ridiculous. She's fantastic businesswoman. And yeah. maybe she's going to get, how many Super Bowl commercials is she going to get now? I mean, all of them. Oh, if she even wants to take them. Yeah, I mean. At some point, it's like, why bother? Right. You know, unless I'm going to do it and then give it to my crew like she did uh, when she gave everybody the big bonus. You know, she's, I, I don't know. I like her. I, I think she's got it going on. I just, uh, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody's so upset about it. First of all, how many times you watch it at a Chiefs game if you're not in Kansas City? Unless they're on Monday night or Thursday night football. Or, you know, or you're in the market where they're showing that game. Who cares? Who cares? Let them put Taylor Swift on, uh, you know. On TV all the time. Better than better than a lot of things that they could put on TV. All right, we got to take uh, we got to take a little break, and then this is uh, this is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. Uh, an advent calendar. That's not the weirdest part of it. It's what kind of advent calendar and uh, people's reaction to it. We'll get to all of that and more. It's WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Want to get involved in the program? We'd love to have you. 855-616-1620. The old National Bank talk and text line. Uh, now, it's only October. Advent calendars are for, uh, you know, right before Christmas. But 
Not this advent calendar. It has reached the frozen food stage. Stouffer's, you know Stouffer's, they make the frozen dinners and stuff. Well, they released an advent calendar of sorts. It is called a comfort calendar. It includes seven dishes from its frozen food product lineup. I'll say that again, frozen food product lineup. That sounded better. Uh, They claim that the comfort calendar is the first time any company has released a frozen foods advent calendar of any kind. Uh, If that's what you have to go to to get your your flex, okay, good for you. Uh, Have we been clamoring for an advent calendar made from frozen foods? I didn't realize it. However, the first batch of comfort calendars went on sale Monday. They sold out in under 15 minutes. So the company has announced... Well, guess what? And let's be honest, they probably didn't do that many. Uh, They created a buzz, so goofballs like me would talk about it and uh, talk to you about it, and now they're going to release them on October 23rd. Uh, It comes in a gingerbread house-shaped package. It's filled with Stouffer's dishes including family-sized meals, individual meals, sides, and even the ever-popular French bread pizza. I do like a Stouffer's French bread pizza. Specifically, the advent calendar includes a family-sized macaroni and cheese, family-sized lasagna with meat sauce, chicken bacon ranch bowl, broccoli cheddar pasta bake, home-style mashed potatoes, pepperoni French bread pizza, and the ultimate five-cheese macaroni. First of all, how are you going to fit? I don't know what kind of freezer you have. Maybe you have a, one of the chest freezers. How are you pu- putting a gingerbread house-shaped package in your freezer? I don't know how they're delivering this. This sounds massive. I don't, yeah, I don't know where, you know, th- they're going to have to clear out an entire freezer case at the grocery store. And I, I, good, I don't know. It, it, see, it's, it's an unbelievable marketing ploy. Um, all those things you could buy separately. Probably for a lot cheaper than if you had to bundle them up because it's forty bucks for the comfort calendar, and uh, oh, you you well, it's not going to be at the grocery store exclusively online. Forty bucks while supplies last. Um, and I didn't put this in the drive-through window, Tommy, because this is uh, frozen food is different than fast food. So I we agree. Had, yes. Yeah. This was just and again, um, I don't know, like an advent calendar you have out. You display it, you open the little windows, maybe you got the one with the chocolate. I like a nice, uh, they make a beer advent calendar from Germany that I get every year, because then every day during <laughs> during advent, it is a, uh, it's a nice new beer. So that, that's the way to celebrate. Uh, Jeff says, Brian, this sounds like it could be the Lex Luthor to my triglycerides management. Hard pass. All right. I agree. Let's do this. Then it's news time. Then after, we'll come back. And open up the drive through window on WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That was Dunkin pretty donuts, good. you mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's, yeah. Shout I've heard very good things about their fish fry. I'm going to go to Panera. I'm going to get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a Western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. 
door, let's visit the WTMJ Nights drive through window one more time with Brian Noonan. And the man who put that promo together, Tommy Wirtz, he is back. So that's why uh, that's why now drive through window is moving to Friday since uh, you and I started this. So we're back. I can't uh, tell you how long I didn't understand the ranch and cattle drive joke before I like put this <laughs> promo together. I, I think when wow. that when that was in the moment, I, I laugh every time now. And then I think I just grabbed that randomly. And then maybe the second or third time, I was like, "Oh my god, that was a joke!" Like. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, that's how a lot of my jokes no, land. Was, People get was, it like a week later. They go, was, "Oh wow, it was so that was pretty funny. good." Oh my gosh, that was all right. Continue. Open the segment. <laughs> no, I, no, please. It's uh, my new well, favorite. I'm glad, line. You, I'm glad you got it. Fine. It doesn't matter when you get it. You know, sometimes it's a treat. You may not laugh when when the joke is told. Um, and then a few weeks later, you you just laugh for no reason. Yeah, I've, I pretty much remember welcome. not reacting at the time, and then to now oh, yeah, you just can laugh hear there's no, every yes. You can hear there was no reaction <laughs> from you. Uh, I love you, right. Brian. A lot of t- thank you, Tommy. I love you too. A lot of times, I just throw them. I just throw them out there. Things pop in, they go. All right, this is our, we. I don't think we've talked about uh, soft drinks too much on the drive-through window, uh, and uh, now Coca-Cola is making news because they've tried. Now Coke has tried new things before, uh, new Coke, Space Coke, all kinds of Coke, but they're bringing out a new flavor of Coca-Cola and Sprite. Uh, Coca-Cola plans to launch a new line under its core brand, dubbed Spice Coke. Uh, Coca-Cola bringing spice with Spike Coke in both regular and zero sugar. Details are still pretty limited. Uh, it was just announced at the NACS show, but it will be available in both regular and zero sugar and has a raspberry spiced flavor. Pass. Really? I, Mm. yeah, I don't need spice. I don't like, I don't like spice. I don't like pumpkin spice. I don't like any of the spice. I, I could see it working. I don't know about raspberry. My thought would have been like cinnamon. If you threw that in a Coke, maybe I could I could get behind on that. I just did that for the first time with a Blue Moon beer. Someone told me to do that. It was really oh, I've good. I've never heard this. What is this? Cinnamon in your Blue Moon. Really? Do you still do the orange? Uh, yeah, the whole the whole shebang. You uh-huh. don't even really have to mix in the cinnamon. You just get it whenever it pops up kind of thing. But, yeah, no, tasty. So I could see it with, like, Coca-Cola. You could get a little spice in a cinnamon aspect, not red hot or anything. Yeah, see, I I draw the I don't drink a lot. Well, I don't drink a lot of pop, but yeah. I don't drink a lot of flavored pop unless it's like uh, a lime coke is really good. Um, they in those in those crazy freestyle machines. Yep, you get an orange coke. That's pretty good. The lime the lime to me is the best. Yeah, cherry Pepsi uh, is my guilty pleasure. I mean, okay. I, I don't drink it a lot, but if I do get soda, it's gonna be a cherry Pepsi. See, and I I like cherries. I just never have liked them in a in like a cola beverage. Is it the know. is it the cherry specifically? You're not a fan of artificial cherry. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Because hmm. I do. I you know I like to eat cherries. Uh, I just I had some cherry apple cider in the house from when we went apple picking. Okay, that was de- delicious. Uh, cherry pie. I'm down. 
Cherry Coke, uh, not, not it. so much. Not it. Vanilla Coke now. That's that's, that's another it. good one. Other people like, like that, that one. Yeah. Uh, they're going to bring out a, a Sprite, too. It's a uh, Sprite Chill. It was revealed at the same NACS show. Features a cherry lime taste. That sounds all right. Cherry lime Sprite. Um, but they already have a cherry Sprite and cherry 7-Up. So I don't know. You have to go... I guess you have to really make sure that lime is in there. But those are the new flavors of Coca-Cola beverages that will be coming to a palate near you. Hopefully you will enjoy them. All right, Tommy, I'm going to let you pick. Do we go Taco Bell, Burger King, or McDonald's? Uh, we might as well just get McDonald's out of the way. Let's do it. All right, McDonald's, get McDonald's out of the way. Uh, this is, you know, every year this story repeats itself. People go into a frenzy. That's right. They announced Saturday it's Bri- they're bringing back the McRib to select chain locations for a limited time on November 1st. So right when you come down from your sugar high of Halloween candy, you can wander over to McDonald's and get yourself a McRib. Is this a uh, reoccurring during the year? I feel like the McRib comes back at different points every year all the time. You know, it's yes. like mint. Mint is the March when they get the Shamrock Shake back, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the McRib just spotty they're like okay we need more money bring the mcrib back that's they do they they bring it out for a short time then they take it away you're right mcrib used to be once a year now it's more than that yeah it's a couple times two three times a year uh i haven't had a mcrib since college so i don't know I, that was i that may have been when they first brought them out um back when i was in college and i remember they were offering them like two for a buck or something yeah not so for me we ate, we ate a lot of them <laughs> we, yeah, I, I feel, two, you know, you can only have so McRibs. many McRibs in your life before it's your last kind of thing. So, no. Well, I may have, I may have had my allotment then uh, <laughs> while I was in Carbondale because there were, put down a lot of McRibs. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I couldn't do it. It reminds well, me of a cafeteria food too much when I go to fast food, you know? I mean. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. And I don't, uh, you know, the pressed pork, but again, when it's. Two for a dollar or yeah, 99 cents each or whatever. It's like, okay, I'm on a very fixed income. I was an 18-year-old senior citizen. I was on a fixed income. Uh, and so I needed to, you know, it was like, okay. And after a couple of, couple of beers, you know, you got a dollar and you can't always go to the bagel, man. You got to, sometimes you need something, you know, a little more substantial. But yeah, they're bringing it back. Uh, according to them, they say it's the goat of sandwiches on their menu. Um so that's why they never fully retire it. They just keep bringing it back. Sometimes uh, the fans of the McRib are very upset because they can't find it. It's not nationwide. So, you know, maybe you have to travel. I know a guy, he posts, when they, when they bring it out locally, he will post on Facebook how many McRibs he has had. And it's a weird badge of honor. And I'm like, I don't know. And he's eating these in a row, Tommy. You know, you talk about having McRib till it's your last McRib. I'm expecting one of these days somebody else to have to post on his uh, on his, his last go, McRib. That was his last McRib yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah, I I could not. No, not not for me. I I know my I my stepdad is a super big fan of them. I yeah. I can't do it. Can't do it. I last week on uh, Drive Through Window. We talked about the curd burger coming back. So the curd burger is back. Yeah, we and did a last that was a taste tester. That was one of the that first was a ones. Taste test yeah. last year. 
I may have to I may have to break down and get a McRib if it's near me. Well, and, I uh, actually, if you want, I do have a taste test one that I just had for the first time this week too. Um, you know what? Hang on. Yeah. Let's let's take a break. Come back. Share your taste test. If uh, and then we oh we have very exciting news, Tommy. We might have to plan a night out. We'll talk about that and Tommy's taste test, and we'll do that after this on WTMJ nights. And cold beer on Friday night. Oh, it is Friday night. Maybe we need a little chicken fried and a cold beer. But we are in the midst of the drive through window here on WTMJ Nights. You want to jump in, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk text line. All right, Tommy, you said you had a taste test, a, a new item. Yes, so that was a little bit of a hint with the bump back music. Um, not Kentucky Fried Chicken, but Chick-fil-A. Um, I don't know if you've seen this advertisement it has taken over, it felt like to me, for their chicken pimento sandwich. No. With the pimento I... cheese on it. Oh. Yes. No, I haven't seen this. Um, so last time, I think we did drive through window together. You had asked me if I had anything new, and I spoke pretty highly of the Burger King wraps that, yes. were, that were now coming out. I thought those were a pretty good bang for your buck. I thought they tasted good. And, uh, you know... It's kind of like a snack wrap, but I know they're not called that. I don't remember what that. I think they're just called Burger King wraps. <laughs> right. The chicken pimento sandwich. I'm gonna say it's not worth it. I'm gonna. I'm really? Gonna, I'm, okay. And you know, I hate to do that to Chick Fil A, but I think the sandwich is like nine dollars. And nine? What? Yeah, Hold on. Yeah. Stop the press. I'm telling you right now. I I ordered it for pickup on DoorDash because I've told you I'm a big on the app, right. pick up, and then go get it because it's just I don't want to talk to people when I go eat fast food. <laughs> um, it was like $9 on the DoorDash app. And, I mean, if you're going to get a chicken sandwich there, you might as well just get the chicken sandwich. The, I'm, I wasn't, you know, I didn't hate the sandwich. I just thought didn't wow me, and I saw it so much on advertisements. It felt like I had to try it. It's not for me. All right, yeah, I'm looking at it now. The honey pimento cheese, honey pepper pimento cheese mm-hmm. uh, chicken sandwich looks like their regular chicken sandwich, except it's drizzled with honey, and then you got that pimento cheese on it. Yes, which sounds good, but n- nine now. I don't know. I don't use DoorDash or Uber Eats or any of that. Um, what's the usual markup, or are you paying the menu price? No, I. I mean, I'm ordering it for pickup, so I'm not getting the delivery. Oh, okay. So it's just their stuff through that so that when I go in there I just say it's a DoorDash rather than it's you know I'm ordering it through their app or whatever it's just you know all that but yeah the price on the sandwich itself is nine dollars just to pick it up that's steep that's what I mean and it's the same size it's the same size right yeah Yeah. it's nothing crazy I don't know if there's a pimento cheese shortage or whatnot they're going on with that pimento cheese out of other cheese it wasn't for me. I, I don't think All you right. should get it if you just want a Chick-fil-A sandwich because I think Chick-fil-A has great chicken sandwiches. They're very tasty. So yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't get the pimento cheese on it to be like, this makes it so much better. Uh, that's not good. Mm. All right. Well, listen, that's we're not we're not here we're, uh, to uh, pump people up who don't deserve it. If you don't like it, we got to say it, you know? Uh, and I... I don't go to Chick-fil-A often. When I do have it, I just usually get the spi- the regular spicy chicken sandwich, and it's it's really good. One day at school, though, somebody brought in in the morning 
they do a tray of like little biscuit bites with chicken on them. Yep, yep. Really good. But you can't get that as a full sandwich. It's just those little bites. Mm -hmm. The I think they're uh, no, they're not called Chicken Littles because that's KFC. But it's something along. I have nothing but good things to say about Chick Fil A whenever I have it. This was one of the very few. I'm like, eh, no, what, wasn't anything special to me. When I eat it, I, I, I shame eat because you know you're judged if you patronize Chick Fil A. Also fair. So I, don't, I don't tell people so. Every, <laughs> and I every once in a while, I, I guess I just did, but uh, I could be lying. Uh, Jeff says, Max Sabbath, McDonald's characters performing ba Black Sabbath parody songs is going to be playing in Milwaukee October 16th. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard of Max Sabbath? No, but we're bumping back with Max Sabbath, you bet, next time around. That is going to be great. Oh, we have a show that night. It's a Monday night. Can't go see Max Sabbath. We'll see if we can get set up a direct stream like so we that can just play it for 15 minutes and see what's yeah, going can't on. Can't they come in and just uh, jam? In the uh, in the food hall. What time can we get him? To get, can we get him to call in at six o'clock? Maybe beforehand. Give yeah. us an acoustic. Yeah, something <laughs> just a little. See what Max Sabbath is about. Well, I'm I'm guessing they might need to sell some. Ta oh my gosh, they are terrifying looking. They have a they have a website officialmaxsabbath.com. They're from Los Angeles. Um, wow, that Ronald McDonald looks terrifying, and even Grimace does not look happy. None of them look happy. Sweet Beef is one of their songs. More Ribs. Ozzy Met Max. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. It's a <laughs> heavy Buns. metal tribute band. So, I mean, we'll I have to see. I, I guess we should just talk to them rather than hear their music. We can just talk to them. I like that Mary McCheese has gigantic tusks. The Hamburglar's on drums. Grimace is on bass. What about Slayer McMacCheese? That's what he's called. <laughs> Slayer McCheese. <laughs> Yeah, they're playing at Turner Hall Ballroom at 8 o'clock. Okay. Let's see what the kind of tickets are available, just in case we both call it sick that night. We could, we could <laughs> totally. I feel like this is an email away. I, I, All right. Listen, if you can get Max Sabbath on before, <laughs> before, we, uh, before they go on, because after the show, they're going to be too jacked up. Right. There's, there's yeah. no doubt about it. They're coming off. They're going to be swearing. They're going to be going, uh, they're gonna be just going crazy. But yeah, they're Monday the sixteenth. Matt, I, this is a, thank you, Jeff, in Fox Point. This is the first we've uh, we've heard of them. But they are, yeah. All right, that is that is creepy. Oh, they have merch. Of course they do. They got it all. It is that is terrifying. All right. Uh, so no on the chicken, uh, the pimento chicken sandwich. Let me uh, let me give you this one, and then we will wrap up the drive-through window because this. I actually made myself the other day breakfast tacos for lunch. I love a breakfast burrito. I love breakfast tacos, and uh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do this when I'm heading out somewhere uh, early morning. Taco Bell, which started their breakfast in 2014, is bringing out um, their toasted breakfast tacos. They look delicious. They made, uh, they're making their nationwide debut on October 12th. Fluffy eggs, melted cheese, and you can get either bacon, sausage, or potato within the tortilla, and then they grill it. Mm. Oh, that sounds fantastic. We've had a conversation of big breakfast burrito guys. Yes, who was the here. breakfast taco? Oh, there was a, uh, where were you talking about that had the good breakfast? The, the place in Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking about yep. those. Gilberto's. Yes. 
Now they're at uh, now they're going to be at Taco Bell, but only for a limited time, friends. As everything, only for a limited time, and they're only a buck fifty, dollar forty nine list price. I rounded up. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a good way to end on something that you may want to have for breakfast starting on uh, next Thursday. All right, let's wrap up at the window and uh, do a little business. It's WTMJ Nights. More WTMJ Nights coming up. That is the old National Bank Talk text line. So feel free to jump in and uh, partake in the program. So many things we're, uh, you know, I, I apologize if we seem obsessed right now, but Tommy and I are both uh, very, very interested in Max Sabbath. Just uh, It only seems out- fitting, right? How do they not, how do we not get them to do a jingle for the drive through window? They don't seem like the jingly type. Um, that's that's but why. an intro, that, an intro. Uh, yeah, an intro. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, you know, an intro for the drive-through window. Um, because uh, Grimlice, and we were. If listen, do yourself a favor, but don't do it if you're prone to nightmares. Uh, go to their website and just look at the band, and and you may ask yourself, how does uh, the guitar player? who is Slayer McCheese, perform with a giant head on with the tusks or the grim grimalice, which is the grimace. It's, it's hilarious. Hilarious. All right. We have so many things. I have so many things that I want to uh, talk about. I'm almost not sure where to go. Um, I'm going to start with this something. Now I've been around for a while and I've, Use the bathroom for all that while, and I've used toilet paper for all that while. And never once did I think to myself, man, I'm having trouble ripping this toilet paper. I wish someone would design a toilet paper that would ease my use. Tommy, have you ever found yourself in the bathroom and thought to yourself, oh, man, this is, this is very complicated, tearing this toilet paper? No, that, I followed the dotted lines, and that took away that problem when I did have that problem. Well, that makes perfect sense, unless the dotted line is the problem. Oh. Yes, according to Charmin, because Charmin has decided they are going to reinvent toilet paper. Uh, This month, they are going to begin a nationwide rollout of ultra-soft rolls with scalloped edges. Yes, that is instead of their traditional straight perforated lines that yield square sheets. You know, toilet paper. I don't have to paint you a picture, but these scalloped edges, they say, quote, provide a better, smoother tear, end quote. Who's having trouble tearing their toilet paper? The only time that tearing toilet paper has been an issue and this, you've probably all experienced this. If you're in like a gas station or a public bathroom where it's the the roll of toilet paper that's about 18 to 24 inches in diameter, and it's so thin that you try to pull it, but because of the weight of the roll and the thinness of the paper, it rips off. That's the only time I've had an issue with toilet paper. And I've used, you know, my mom because of I had four brothers and my dad and my mom, we were never, we didn't have plush toilet paper growing up. We were a Scott tissue family, you know, 
that almost has like little pieces of wood still sticking in it. Um, you know, I've tried the ultra, I've tried them all. I've never had a problem tearing it, but obviously this is a thing. Uh, Charmin, because Charmin, and I like that they put this, they have been secretly letting customers test the new rolls with the wavy perforations. Don't tell anybody. You got to sign an NDA. If this word gets out, it's going to be a mad dash for every toilet paper manufacturer who are going to try to scallop their, uh, their perforated lines. This is the first change in Charmin in 100 years because it wasn't broken. The goal, though, is to solve customer frustrations at not getting a clean tear, which leads to additional toilet paper usage and potential waste. The tear results in a, the, the scallop tears results in a cleaner separation between the sheets. They say the number one complaint of consumers to their call center, who is calling the Charmin bathroom tissue customer service line? The world, the world is ending, Tommy. Is this user error or is this toilet paper this error is on this? Yeah, one hundred percent user error. I was thinking of the scene from Eight Crazy Nights when he asked the guy with the hook when he's singing if he's ever used the wrong hand when he's wiping. <laughs> That's what I think of with this going on right now. Well, they're claiming it's because of how we uh, how the toilet paper holder is mounted on the wall and so you're not getting you're it's not at the right angle to tear cleanly uh i don't understand this no I, yeah I, i've never had this problem me either and i'm glad i'm kind of you know you've got a lot more time on this planet than i do you're gonna have to deal with a lot more of this stupidity i'm getting to the point where you know i only got a, a little while left and then you know it'll be gone but the fact that there's consumers' number one complaint, the fact that there's a list of complaints, and the number one is, we don't know how to tear the paper right. Every time, they said, this is a quote, the uneven tear is a result of straight perforations that don't match the direction that consumers pull sheets <laughs> and where the toilet paper is hung in the bathroom. The new wavy perforation ensures that you're able to tear smoothly, no matter where and how you tear. That is not a real complaint. That is not a real, not, that's not real. It, it, and it's, they're only doing it on this one kind, on their Ultrasoft, because if you're a purist, this is, it's going to turn into like wine and everything else. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, for a long time, I used the straight edge on the toilet paper. They're going to have instructional videos sold with your toilet paper oh on how to God. rip it now by the end I of it. I want to meet the people who've called this line because I want to wrap them like a mummy in toilet paper and throw them off a bridge. It makes no sense. This is, uh, well, you can still get your uh, ultra strong and ultra gentle. They're going to have the straight lines and the forever roll which is a two-pound roll, which can last for up to a month. But that one's really heavy, and I can't turn it so good. So I don't know if I, I... I don't know. It's heavy, and it's got the straight lines. Count me out. Yeah, so that's the State of the Union, folks. Uh, you know, we could, we could argue all we want that we need unity, but then this comes along, and you go, no, we don't. I, do you want to be unified with people who can't tear their toilet paper? I know this sounds harsh, Tommy. It's a hot take. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be part of them. So that's one. 
that's one sign that the world is uh, is ending. Uh, let me give you another, just because why not? Why not start wrapping up Friday night with a couple of signs of the apocalypse? Scallop toilet paper and Crocs cowboy boots. I'm in now. I'm guessing these are the same customer bases. Okay, now I'm out. You're you're out of the Crocs cowboy boots, or you're out of the scallop toilet paper. Uh, no, I think I'm out on the Crocs cowboy boots. I, I thought it made sense, and then you were like, "Yeah, these people definitely don't interact with each other." So I yeah, no, I'm these out. people. These all right here. Well, may, listen, I don't want you make your own fashion choice, Tommy. Don't let me don't let me judge, but the Crocs. This is very, they're very excited about this. They just unveiled their classic cowboy boots that are eye grabbing. Uh, the boots are going to debut October 23rd and be sold at select croc retail stores and on the website for, yes, you guessed it, a limited time. Uh, if you haven't seen the Crocs cowboy boot, oh my goodness. Uh, imagine a cowboy boot and then go the exact opposite because, uh, it is, it is ridiculous. I will say they've they've tried to make. It <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. I'm just I, I see this and it's driving me nuts. All right. So the boot has you know what a cowboy boot looks like the upper with the stitching and that's yeah. fine. But then the bottom is a crock and they've made it look like you know crocodile skin. So you're wearing a fancy crocodile skin boot but it's still got the holes and everything else and then in the stitching that goes up the upper along the top it says stitched in there it says crocs which oh my goodness thank goodness and the best part is it has a spur on the back so you can look like you're yeah i i don't i don't like the looks of these aren't they supposed to be like breathable when are you supposed to wear socks when you wear these or not wear socks no there's still the holes in the top right yeah, so, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, first of all, I've never I've never worn Crocs. Uh, my wife and daughter went through a Crocs period, but they have uh, they've moved out of that. Uh, I know Crocs has gone into different type of footwear before. Um, this is a trend that I am not going to embrace, and I'm going to mock everybody who does embrace it um, because. And I shouldn't. Should I? I shouldn't mock people who do it. Um, am I jealous because they don't come in my size? Maybe. Maybe that's the reason for all the anger. Yeah, my feet are way the, too wide for these two, I think. Yeah, it's not going to work. Nah, to get into a boot? Mm-mm. <laughs> Even a croc boot? It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't look as narrow as a regular cowboy boot. No. You know? It looks pretty as as I'm looking down from the top view. You can just plop your uh, plop your big Fred Flintstone feet right in there and just wander around. Yeah, so, I think uh, cowboys are just not happy about this. this if is, I were a cowboy yeah. or even knew a cowboy, this I would love to be anywhere in Texas or Oklahoma when somebody wanders down the street in Crocs cowboy boots. You didn't even say the tagline, just in time for Croctober. Oh, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah. But you're right. They, that's why they are they are releasing it in Croctober. The, they're going to release them on Croc Day, which is an annual event dedicated to celebrating fandom and creativity at the end of Croctober. This Croctober transcends former years, says the Croc representative. 
Crocs redefines creativity and self-expression by bringing to life highly anticipated activations requested by the fans. Uh, so they got the cowboy boots. I saw they had the Shrek. Uh, Shrek Crocs were out last month. I don't understand it. I, I The Shrek Crocs I get. You know, okay, they're goofy. And I guess these are goofy too. Um, but it's, it's like the, the uproar. What are they... All right, you're looking at them, Tommy. What do you think? Uh, do you have you seen the price yet? I have not. What do you think uh, Crocs cowboy boots go for? Oh my God, I don't even know what regular Crocs go for. A <sighs> hundred bucks. Mm, maybe if you get them on the black market. How much are you're not Crocs? that far off? One hundred and twenty. Okay, okay. I, I assumed that regular Crocs were probably seventy to eighty dollars. I don't know how much. I don't you... know. A classic Croc. Uh, is anywhere from twenty-eight to fifty bucks. Oh, for okay. A classic Croc. All right, so these are well upcharged of regular Crocs. Oh, I, sure. I, I didn't yeah, realize these that. Are, come no. on, these are not for. Uh, this is not low end. If it was made with actual crocodile skin, then I'd get it. But no, I, I don't get the hundred and twenty for that. No, no. There's a lot of a uh, lot of lunacy going on. But Crocs has all kinds of shoes. They, I, I'm. Never realized I, but I don't know anybody who wears them. I said my wife and daughter wore them, but that was years ago. When, I, like, I will Crocs say, first came out. Very common in the healthcare field. You oh, you know what? You're right. I have seen them. I have seen a lot of medical professionals wearing them. Mm -hmm. Yes, and very Mario common. Batali. Yeah, <laughs> you you can't cook if you're uncomfortable. That's true. You can't do a lot of things if you're uncomfortable. But all right, yeah. So they must be comfortable, I guess. I was tempted to buy. They have those uh, canvas like loafers in Crocs mm -hmm. that you see a lot of suburban dads wear. And I was like, oh, those look kind of fun. Yeah. And I was like, nah. You you weren't ready to go full commit sur suburban no, dad. I can't go Croc. I okay. want something that I can put some gibbets in. I don't know. I, I would get some of those fun pins for my Crocs. I I could see you in these boots. Could you really? No, I couldn't. No. <laughs> yes, where those and running shorts. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and a very tight WTMJ nights. When, when you're a PE teacher, just like that. <laughs> All right, kids. There's nice. a new sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah, God. And then you get fired immediately. That's it. Yep. Yeah, because the kids come in, and not only are I wearing Crocs and running shorts, I'm also jamming Max Sabbath. Yes. And that's the end. That's the end of Mr. Noonan's tenure in PE. All right, let's take a little break. We'll come back. We got some more to get to. It's WTMJ Nights. Oh, that's not Max Sabbath. No, I, I I'm too scared to look him up. <laughs> no, right we have now. to. Yeah, that's. I'm gonna we, screen we have that. to do some pre-screening yeah. of Max Sabbath, just based on their look. And I know that's judgy. I'm sorry if that's the case. I mean, they're but, heavy uh, metal too. Like that's. Yes. Yeah. And they're they look disturbed. Yes, they, a little know, bit. The the lead singer's clown will terrify children. Can confirm. Not... We have reached out. It's balls in their court now. <laughs> Tommy is nothing if not a professional producer. The minute something comes up, he fires off an email. Uh, I'm an impulse right now, guy. I'm guessing Max Sabbath is probably sacrificing a, a goat or something. 
I, service, of, <laughs> service of the devil. Yeah, something. We'll figure. We'll figure it out. If we if we hear from them, we'll definitely let you know. All right. Um, because we're about open communication. We would never tell people not to say something about something. I don't know if you saw this. This is terrifying uh, on a number of levels. And if I sound judgmental a little bit, well, welcome to the show. Uh, this is coming out of a trailer park in Oklahoma City or a mobile home park. All right. Management of the mobile home park has gone around to residents and told them to keep their big yappers shut. Not to talk to media, not to talk to anybody. Why? Because there is a 13-foot-long albino python that has been going around the trailer park for the last five months eating cats. Eating people's pets. Now, I would imagine, I've been to Oklahoma. I've been to Oklahoma City. Um, the outskirts of Oklahoma City, pretty barren. So you're in a, your mobile home park. That's where you live. That's okay. Uh, but then you're getting you're getting messages, uh, one, to be careful because there's a python, and two, don't tell anybody about the python. Uh, residents allege that the park's management was aware of the python since June but took no action to address the situation. How is that even possible? A resident who chose to remain unidentified because... They're concerned that they're going to get evicted, stated that the management only began addressing the python issue after a resident photographed the snake and shared the image. That resident, who talked under to uh, the news station in Oklahoma City, has lived at the park for a decade. They expressed that the management's attempt to discourage residents from speaking to the media felt like intimidation. Residents have noted an increase in the number of cats going missing in the neighborhood. First of all, how many cats were running around the trailer park before that you would notice that some were missing? Not all guaranteed to be owned by someone. They're just cats in the trailer Could park. Could be feral also cats. True. Yes. We have, and this is not, uh, this is the honest to God's truth, we have a cat, a feral cat, that comes under our bushes out front. I don't know where, I don't know, I never see this cat, but I hear him, and my wife says that it smells like cat urine when we have the windows open. Um, I don't know where this cat comes from. So it could be, it could be feral cats. Yeah, this doesn't have to be the residence cats, but my point still remains the same. How many cats were running around this mobile home park that you're starting to notice they're missing? And then at what point does the red flag go up and go, you know, uh, yesterday there were a lot of cats. Today... Not so many cats. Where are the cats? And then, man, everybody's on high alert. Uh, the situation gained wider attention after a photograph of the albino python near one of the homes somehow circulated online. Initially, the snake was believed to be a five-foot-long ball python, but, <clears throat> pardon me, then they brought in an expert to look at the picture, and it was identified as a reticulated python approximately 13 feet in length. See, here's the thing. Pythons are not native to south, southern Oklahoma City. This is one of those shirtless weirdos who walks around fairs and carnivals with this giant python around their neck. And now the python has escaped and is eating the neighborhood cats. It's Python no, King. It, uh, I, oh, Python King. All the... Anytime, 
I look at those people and I go, you never shower, do you? <laughs> you, you must smell like yesterday's garbage. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what happened. The trailer park started smelling less like cat urine, and that's when they knew that I, there was you know cats missing. I like that you're on the case. You're studying the evidence. You're coming up with good theories. The expert uh, was brought in to address the issue. He confirmed that the python had survived by consuming cats for about five months. He pointed out physical signs around a house, indicating the snake's prolonged presence, including marks from rain and heat. The management of the park has issued alerts to residents, cautioning them against discussing the python with the media. Hey, we don't want the word getting out that we're overrun with pythons and we're not cat friendly. That's not going to do good for rentals. So you just got to keep your mouth shut if you know what's good for you. Uh, one of the alerts implied that media outlets might be interested in the story due to a lack of other news. Well, yeah, all right, gotcha. And advise residents to direct journalists to leave the community without providing any comments. Um... So, yes, be, be careful. I'll be honest, if I lived somewhere and there was a python on the loose and they had to close, they didn't have their pool all summer because of the python. But they didn't tell them it was because of the python. They just told the residents, oh, the pool's closed. So it has not been good. First thing I would do is tell anybody who'd listen. But I guess, I don't know, maybe if you're worried about getting evicted. But there's got to be other mobile home parks that aren't infested with exotic uh, snakes. You know, you at home. eating family pets. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm guessing. Listen, I'm guessing in that area, you don't have to go far to the next mobile home park. And that's not a slam. It's just the truth. So tell tell everybody about the Python and move to a different mobile home. All right, we got to do this. Then we'll come back. We'll start wrapping up. It's WTMJ Nights. Well, that is it for another week of WTMJ Nights. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the program. We'll be back with you Monday night at 6. Have a wonderful weekend, Tommy. It was a pleasure. We'll talk to you Monday night as well. Thank you for all your help. Uh, thanks again to Max Burgard from Eagle Park Brewing. And again, thanks to you. Have a wonderful night. Dave Ramsey after the news. It's WTMJ. But it's over. Give yourself the gift of beautiful, long-lasting furniture this holiday season. Our pre-holiday sale at Ken Michaels Furniture will ensure that your pieces arrive before the holidays. We're offering 35% off Amish hardwood dining sets in your choice of wood, shape, and finish. Create a holiday table that's ready for your teenager's Instagram. If you order now, you can have the furniture of your dreams by Christmas. Stop in today at Ken Michaels Furniture on Capitol Drive in Brookfield and Highway 100 in Greenfield. Hosting this holiday season? Get your home dressed to impress. Ken Michaels Furniture is having a pre-holiday sale to get your new furniture to you in time. We